Welcome to the Weight Loss for South Asian Women Professionals podcast. I'm your host, certified life and weight loss coach and physician, Dr. Amruti Chowdhury, MBBS. I lost over 92 pounds using the mind management tools I teach. In this podcast, you will learn how to lose weight for the last time by taking control of your mind. Once you deal with the mental weight, the physical weight will be much easier to release. If you're ready for a fresh new perspective on weight loss, you're in the right place. Hello ladies and welcome to episode 22. So it has been a reasonably stressful time over the last week because my youngest was quite unwell and he was quite chesty and things and so we took him in to the hospital to get reviewed. But I was so mesmerised by his resilience because the whole time, even though he was breathing, say, the normal respiratory rate in a in someone his age was about 25, he was breathing at 60 breaths per minute. So for all the medics out there, that is very high for a then four-year-old because it happened on his birthday. But anyway, the moral of the story was that I learned so much from that experience. So I'll be doing another podcast on that maybe next week or so. But it was just really lovely to see that my child is so resilient and I was learning so much from him. So even though he was breathing so fast and he was having a cough and he was wheezy, he was singing away and talking constantly and just having an absolute blast. So what it made me think about was how could I learn from him? How could I learn from the way he was interpreting the situation? He wasn't thinking, oh my gosh, this is such a disaster. I'm in hospital. I'm feeling so unwell. He was thinking, this is an adventure. Yeah, it's a bit different. And yes, I haven't had my sleep, but I'm going to make the best of this. And it turned into a really amazing experience for me. So what I would have been like previously was completely different to this experience that I had over the weekend. But anyway, I just thought I would update you with everything that has happened this week. And today we are talking about how to eat mindfully during festivals. So I know it is Diwali next week and a lot of my listeners will be celebrating Diwali. And so I just wanted to do a quick episode on how to eat mindfully during festivals. Now, this will be the same concept, whether it's Eid, whether it's Vasaki, whether it's any of the South Asian festivals that we celebrate. I know this same principle can be applied to Christmas and all the other main festivals that you celebrate. So it's the same thing. But because it's Diwali next week, I thought that I would just do this episode right now so that you have something to listen to to motivate you to eat mindfully during Diwali if that's what you would like to do. Okay so if you're anything like me I used to be really worried about any of these festivals and a lot of my clients are also worried about festivals because this has been the time previously where they would have gone off protocol, they would have eaten way more than they would have normally eaten, they are surrounded by a lot of people so there's some people pleasing going on where they're thinking that someone might be upset if I don't have it or I need to please them, things like that. So 
some of the main reasons that come up are I won't be able to control myself. I want to eat it all. I'll miss out if I don't have it. It's Diwali only comes once a year. And this is how I show love by cooking and eating with my family. So these are just some of the ones that come up. So let's dive into some of them. I won't be able to control myself. Now, I want you to just challenge that. Is that really true? A lot of my clients say, yes, but I haven't been able to control myself in the past. And I just want to offer that what you have done in the past does not dictate what you're going to do in the future. So if you are coming in with the mindset of I won't be able to control myself, remember our thoughts create our results. And so if we are thinking that, that's probably the result that we're going to create for ourselves. And we end up not controlling ourselves. However, if we shift that slightly, shift our thinking slightly, how could we think of it in a way that was more useful? For me, I would choose to think about the areas in my life where I do have control. I would show my brain that actually I am in control of so many areas of my life. And so if I can practice control, for example, getting my kids to bed on time, most days, (laughs) getting them to school on time, getting them ready, I'm able to be in control of most of that. And when I think about, I'm able to control my road rage, for example. I'm able to control my emotions when I'm driving. I'm able to, most of the time, not shout at my kids when I think that they're annoying me. When I'm able to control myself in that, then that just proves that there is evidence where I can control myself. So what I would show my brain is that, yes, I am able to control myself. And if I can practice these tools with those areas of my life, then I can do the same thing with regards to eating at Diwali. Now, the second one, I want to eat it all. Is that really true? Because a lot of the time we say a blanket statement like that, and it may not actually be true. Do you want to eat it all? Are there some mitais that you actually don't like? Are there some foods at Diwali that you choose not to eat? For me, I don't like to eat too much of the oily foods because it doesn't suit my system too much. So when I say I want to eat it all, it's actually not true. I tend to steer more towards the mitais and I used to struggle with that because I used to think, oh gosh, this is the only time of year that I'm going to eat it. So it's basically like justifying. It's Diwali, only comes once a year. I really enjoy this festival, all of that. But Wanting to eat it all was actually not true. So when I challenged my brain on that, that was really useful for me because I realized actually I don't want to eat it all. The main things that I want to eat are the sweet treats. And so then it makes it less of a blanket statement. It makes it more specific and then I could come up with specific plans on how I can deal with the sweet treats that I wanted to eat. So the next one, I will miss out if I don't have it. This comes up very often with my clients when we are coaching either in the one-to-one setting or in the group setting. And when we talk about it, they often feel deprived when they think I'll miss out if I don't have it. And then that leads to them not wanting to feel the emotion of deprived and then most of the time eating. And then what they end up creating is that they are missing out on the results they wanted to get. So what I often ask my clients is, what are you missing out on when you are eating it? 
So our brain automatically goes to what we're missing out on when we don't eat it, but what are we missing out on when we do eat it? It may be things like you're missing out on the opportunity to feel your emotions. You're missing out on the emotion of feeling accomplished after feeling the urge. You may miss out on the opportunity to get to goal weight. You may miss out on wearing those clothes that are sitting in your cupboard for the last few years that you always said you were going to get into, but you haven't got into yet. So it's just about offering the brain a different perspective at the same time, because you are going to get these thoughts of you're missing out. And that doesn't need to be a problem. It's just how you want to respond to your brain when it offers you that thought. So you can either believe it and think, yes, I am missing out. Or you can challenge it and say, well, am I really missing out? These are the things that I'm gaining. So what would you gain if you decided to eat on planet Diwali? For me, I gained the ability to trust myself around all the things that I would have overeaten in the past. I gained allowing myself to be proud of myself. I gained me being kind to myself and allowing myself to do that. I gained the confidence that I could actually do this even during the festivals that I struggled with the most. So you can challenge your own brain when it comes up as well for you. Another thing is justifying is Diwali only comes once a year. That may be true. It does only come once a year. But when we are in that mode of we're going to miss out or it only comes once or anything like that, then we often get into scarcity mode. And that is when we are thinking that if we don't do this, then we will miss out that we have to make the most of it and things like that. So it is only once a year, but it will come around every year. And there will be lots of other festivals that will come around in the year too. So when you create a plan of how to deal with one festival, you can rinse and repeat for all the other festivals. So how are you going to approach this Diwali? What other alternatives can you choose to think when these automatic thoughts come into your head? Remember, we have two parts of our brain. We have the primitive brain, which is the habit part of our brain. And it wants us to do things that we have always done. So if you've always been thinking these thoughts of, I'll miss out if I don't have it. It only comes once a year. I won't be able to control myself. I want to eat it all. Then these are the thoughts that you're going to always keep thinking. But that is because you have that habit brain. That habit brain is wanting you to think those thoughts on purpose because it wants to do what you have always done because that is efficient for the brain. Now, you challenging those thoughts may feel very uncomfortable because your primitive brain thinks it's threatening your survival. Remember, it wants you to seek pleasure, avoid pain and stay how you are. So it's the staying how you are bit that you are challenging when you're choosing to think a different way. So your primitive brain is going to offer you a lot of resistance to you changing. But what I want you to think about is how that will benefit you. If you didn't have to worry about gaining weight or going off protocol during Diwali, just imagine how easy it would be during all the normal day-to-day functions you may have or going out that you may do, things like that. How would it be different, right? Another one that comes up is, this is how I show love, by cooking and eating with the family. 
Now, this is probably a whole podcast episode just by itself, but I'm just going to touch on it here and I'll probably do another podcast episode on this another time. This is a thought that comes up very often, that this is how I show love, by cooking and eating with the family. Now, you can still cook for the family and you can still be experiencing the emotion of love during all of it. But are you showing love to yourself when you are eating all of this stuff that often doesn't even make you feel very good? So I would ask the question, how can I show love whilst eating on my protocol? How does that show me love and love to my family? And I had to work through this one myself as well, because I was always the type of person who would make lots of things and really enjoy the experience and feed my family and feed the kids and get so much joy in that and eat with them. And I still do that, but I just eat the foods that I want to eat on protocol and that serve me. So I still get that same experience, but I don't always just rely on that to provide the emotion of love for me. I choose thinking that provides me that emotion of love. So I choose to think I am connected to my family when I feed them and when I don't feed them. Something like that. So it's not dependent on me feeding them that provides me the emotion of love. So there are a few things that you can do when you are approaching a festival. Those three things are planning. The second thing is expecting it to be uncomfortable. And the third thing is identifying obstacles and creating a plan of how you're going to deal with them. So, for example, when I used to go on my rounds on New Year's Day after Diwali, traditionally we would go round to lots of families' houses and we would wish them a happy new year and we would then exchange mitais on sweets, basically. And that was how we celebrated and we would offer each other gifts or money and that would be the way that we showed our love. So before my coaching experience I used to dread it. I mean I used to love it as well but I used to dread the eating so much. I would tend to overeat, I would tend to feel very full and uncomfortable and not feel very happy with myself and shame myself for quite a few days or weeks afterwards because my clothes wouldn't fit properly and then I would feel annoyed with myself for having done that. So to avoid a lot of that what I ended up doing was planning how many pieces of mitai I was going to eat. Now that may be quite tedious for some of you but sometimes telling your primitive brain that yes I can join in the fun and yes I can eat some mitai if I really want to but what I'm going to do is I'm going to plan it. So instead of having like the 10 to 20 pieces of mitai that I would normally have what I decided was I was going to have two or three pieces and I would make that very clear to my brain. So when I went to the several family members houses I knew that in my head I was only going to have three pieces of mitai so that is what I stuck to. So then it got me deciding between what are the ones that I really do enjoy instead of just trying everything because that's what everyone does. I used to like the ones, well I still do, like the ones that we call fulkaja, so it's like the baklava. They were my favourite so I would always prioritise that 
And I liked chocolatey and nutty ones, so I would prioritize those ones too. All the other ones, I would eat them, but they wouldn't be my favorite. And so this got me really tuning into which ones do I really want to eat and actually eating those. What I used to do was decide that I was going to have some of them, but plan it in advance. So for example, I may have planned that, yes, I'm going to take some Mitai from everyone's house, but I may then save it for later. So I wasn't eating it all in one go. So the second thing is expect it to be uncomfortable. You've not done anything like this before. So it is going to be uncomfortable. That primitive brain is going to have a little fit and it is going to rebel against all of it. This is what your primitive brain is there for. It's meant to be doing that. So expect it to be uncomfortable. Know that there will be some negative emotion that comes up. But also know that there is a lot of accomplishment, feeling proud and feeling successful at the end of it too. And that feeling of discomfort will pass. It's not going to be there forever. You're not going to stay in that. You get to feel it. And also it then gets to pass. And you get to experience that accomplishment that you may not have ever felt before because you may not have been able to stick to the plan that you have made ahead of time on Diwali before. And the third thing is identifying obstacles and knowing how you're going to deal with them. So for me, that was keeping a box with me or a little bag with me where I could put the little pieces of mitai and I could have them later. Because the obstacle was that I would want to eat them all in one go and feel that I was missing out. So this way I wasn't missing out and this way I didn't feel sick from eating all the mitai. I could just space it out a bit. What other obstacles are you going to identify? It may be you wanting to people please someone and not wanting to offend someone when they say, no, you must try it, I've made it. How could you overcome that obstacle? What would you be able to say? What would you be able to do? For me, I was the most comfortable when I had a very clear plan in my head of how I was going to respond to these things. So you may want to prepare about how you're going to respond in each of these difficult situations. So for me, what that showed up as was that I do intermittent fasting. Sometimes I have one meal a day. Sometimes I have two meals a day. Sometimes I have three meals a day. So how that showed up for me is I decided ahead of time that I was going to eat my meals at set times in that day. And I had planned as much as I could. So for example, one of the meals we would eat at a temple. So I knew that I would get the wholesome food that would actually fill me up. And so I would ensure that I was having my meals that day as opposed to just eating all the things that were in my sight. And I got comfortable with saying no to certain things because I decided that if I ate every single piece of food that every person offered me that day, then I wouldn't need to eat for weeks, basically, <laughs> because that there's that much food that is normally on offer. So... I decided that I got comfortable with saying no sometimes and it didn't need to be rude. It could just be in a very loving and kind way. So with that, I am going to love you and leave you and I'm going to wish everyone celebrating a very happy Diwali and a very happy new year and I will see you next week. Take care, ladies. Bye-bye. 
for more free resources and for information on how to work with me, visit www.amruticoaching.com.